We are right in the middle of the dog days of summer where not much is happening as we wait for Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci to sign with the Bruins. Today on the podcast, I'm going to talk about why everyone should read Frederick Bachman's Bear Town. It's a fantastic book that will keep you engaged and invested in hockey-related matters until the season begins. So let's talk about it on today's episode, shall we? Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. And this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, July 29th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked on Bruins part of your day every day. The podcast is free and available wherever you get podcasts, including your favorite podcast app, as well as on YouTube. Search up Locked on Boston Bruins, smash that subscribe button, and never miss a thing. If you're on Twitter, you can find the podcast at LockedNHLBruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. I am a lifelong Bruins fan, and I've been covering this team formally for various outlets for 17 years, coming up on three years hosting the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. As we wait for the next season to begin, as we wait for... Decisions to be made by, presumably, next season's top two centers. How are we filling our time? Well, I suggest checking out the book Bear Town by Frederick Bachman and its sequel, Us Against You. I started rereading these books in anticipation of the third book of the series coming up in September. Frederick Bachman is an author from Sweden. He's the best-selling New York Times author of A Man Called Ove. And he, several years ago, wrote this hockey book about a small town with big dreams and the price required to make it come true. It's one of my favorite books of all time, not just hockey books. And the sequel is just as compelling. A couple years ago... I wrote some thoughts on Beartown, and I thought that I would share them here on the podcast today. It's extremely relevant these days as we witness uh, Hockey Canada, the sexual assault allegations, the testimony in front of members of parliament up here in Canada, uh, a former um, player for the Vancouver Canucks being found not guilty of sexual assault. What does that mean? Beartown really discusses a lot of these uh, topics in a beautiful way. And I want to start with a quote from Bachman's Beartown. And it goes like this. Hate can be a deeply stimulating emotion. The world becomes easier to understand and much less terrifying if you divide everything and everyone into friends and enemies, we and they, good and evil. 
The easiest way to unite a group isn't through love, because love is hard. It makes demands. Hate is simple. The first thing that happens is a conflict. in a conflict is that we choose a side, because that's easier than trying to hold two thoughts in our heads at the same time. The second thing that happens is that we seek out facts that confirm what we want to believe. Comforting facts, ones that permit life to go on as normal. The third is that we dehumanize our enemy. End quote. It's important to note the context. Again, this comes as part of a book where a junior hockey player has sexually assaulted the team manager's 15-year-old daughter. And as the fallout from this horrific act begins to spiral, there's a lot that comes out in terms of hockey fandom and hockey culture in general. It reminded me of something Jeff Merrick said on an old Merrick versus Wyshynski podcast. His basic premise was that sports marketing and culture is set up to create an us versus them mentality. And that's expressed clearly in the use of blank nation or blank army to describe a fan base. What this does is mobilize fans wherein we feel as though we're actually part of the battle, so to speak. We follow and support the cause of our favorite teams and we feel intimately linked to the outcomes that befall them. If they win, we take to the streets to celebrate. If they lose, we feel like our home and native land has been invaded and pillaged, leaving us to wander aimlessly until the battle picks up again. The fallacy there, of course, is that what will be will be, regardless of how we personally feel about the team in question. Our attachments to our team and the players are mostly peripheral in the sense that we likely have no personal knowledge or attachment to the actual people who are playing the game. We pay money for tickets, jerseys, streaming packages, investing in war bonds, if you will, but we don't affect the outcome of the games. Maybe Bartman was standing. Regardless of what happens, it's not a reflection of who we are personally. If the Bruins win, we cheer, but the accolades aren't ours. And if they lose, it really sucks, but the failure is also not really ours. Think back to 2019, how terrible that was, and exponentially more for the actual players, coaches, staff involved because it is them who are intimately tied to the game. They're the ones pouring their lives into making this happen for us to witness. I'm going to talk more about Bear Town here in a moment, but first a quick word about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right, Built Bar has done it again. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's good for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 
15 grams of protein in them. Rundabuild.com, snag a box for you and the family. It's the perfect summer treat. Or just find a really good hiding place and hoard them for yourself. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein that your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to build.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, another thing that this mobilization does is create a black and white way of looking at the world, looking at hockey. We get so drawn into the cause that the lines between right and wrong or good and bad can become blurred. For example, if player X on team Y commits an egregious act either on or off the ice, we rightfully demand that they be held accountable. But sometimes if player Z on our favorite team commits a similar act, well then we spin it any which way to make it out to be not so bad that the world is just out to get him or us. In short, mobilized fan bases create us versus them and black versus white thinking, often allowing emotion to trump logic and decency. So how do we get around this? I can only speak from my own experience, but there are two ways in which I've been able to balance being a fan, enjoying the game, covering the game, and reconciling my place within its often toxic culture. First, over the past several years, I've dipped my toes into hockey writing, hosting this podcast. While whether or not I'm any good at it is very much up for debate, what I've learned personally through the process is the importance of trying to maintain a level head, to look at situations from all sorts of angles, and to remain as reasonable and logical as possible when watching games and analyzing news. Now, obviously, that's easier said than done, especially for a, you know, cis white dude who's been conditioned to wear a loyal fan hat in all circumstances. Reason be damned. But the reality is that approaching the game from a position of responsibility and with a view to building credibility lends itself to being more honest, more realistic, less attached, less emotionally engaged in the success or failure of the team way more reluctant to stand players no matter what trouble they get into. An old boss of mine used to say to me, it's not whether or not you disagree, but how. There's no question that I will at times see see things through lenses I've been conditioned to use, as any fan of any team will. It's okay to disagree about what happens on and off the ice, the merits of roster composition and fancy stats, or which team want to trade. But if one is not prepared to step aside and admit that their biases and preconceived notions might be off, then it's game over. There's no point in continuing the conversation. The second part for me is my current stage of life. I'm over 40, married, have three boys aged 12 and under, all of whom who have played the game at some level. I want them to appreciate and love 
hockey, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, the way that I do, I also want them to be good people, to respect others, to think and care about the things in life that really matter. What kind of example would I be setting if they saw me getting worked up about a hockey game to the point where I can't speak to friends or family, started cursing out guys on Twitter or watching TV, losing sleep over the outcome of a great playoff game, or advocating for someone who's been accused of doing something horrible? How can I tell them that hockey is for everyone if I sit back and accept the ongoing ostracism and outright rejection of women? people of color, the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community, and not believing victims of abuse, survivors. What I'm trying to learn and subsequently demonstrate is that you can be a loyal fan and a good person enjoying the game for what all games are supposed to be, fun and inclusive. I want to be known as someone who enjoys being a fan of the Boston Bruins, who enjoys watching the game I love, who's able to allow others to do so in relation to their team of choice in any way they see fit. But we also need to empathize with those that hockey continues to shun or disregard, standing up for what is good and right in the face of a way too slow to change culture. All that to say, I love hockey, but it's only hockey, and it should never take precedence over being a decent and loving human being. These are lessons that I learned from Beartown, and I cannot recommend this book more highly. If you're looking for something to read this summer, if you're looking for something to get you to think about hockey in different ways, um, and also renew your appreciation for the game, for how great it is, the emotions that it stirs up within us. Uh, I cannot recommend that book enough. There's also a series on HBO Europe uh, in Swedish of the first season based on the first book. I hope that they'll do the second and third books. It hasn't been confirmed yet. But uh, yeah, I highly recommend that you check out uh, those books. Even just reading the first couple chapters has reminded me how great these books are. And uh, how invested I am in the game, but how I need to look at it through different lenses sometimes. Before we get to some Bruins news and notes, thank you again for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. Beginning next week, we're going to be going to three podcasts through the month of August and up until training camp. Monday is a holiday up here in Canada, so next week might be Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, for example. Uh, In the meantime, check out the Locked On NHL podcast. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with help from our local experts. Your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Now, yesterday the Bruins announced details of the top prospects challenge that they'll take part in Buffalo from September 15th to 19th at uh, the Herber Center. The Bruins' seventh consecutive appearance at the Prospects Challenge. Uh, Bruins rookies will compete against newcomers from the Sabres, Canadians, Devils, Senators, and Penguins. 
a round robin challenge uh, against each team's prospects. The actual prospects who will participate will be released at a later date, but the Bruins will play against the Senators on Friday, September 16th at 3.30, Saturday, September 17th at 3.30 against the Penguins, and then they'll wrap up the 19th, which is a Monday, at 9 a.m. Tickets are $10. They'll go on sale next month. And uh, you can, if you're in the area, go check that out. I'm hoping to be able to pop down perhaps for the Saturday game um, for the podcast and to be able to talk to some players. That would be pretty, pretty cool. The Bruins also announced they're accepting new applicants for the 2023 Diversity and Inclusion Scouting Mentorship Program. It aims to mentor and elevate individuals from underrepresented backgrounds and provide a basis for careers in scouting or the hockey industry. Each participant will be partnered with a mentor in Bruins Hockey Operations from September this year to May of next year. They'll break down film, participate in monthly virtual study sessions, and uh, it's a great program. Last year's participants included Danielle Marmer, who was hired by the Bruins in July as or earlier this month as player development and scouting assistant. She worked directly with player development coordinator Adam McQuaid to help develop prospects. Cam Neely said the Bruins are very proud to continue the diversity and inclusion scouting mentorship program. Evan Gould, Jeremy Rogalski, the entire hockey ops group helped make the inaugural year a major success, highlighted by the addition of Danielle to the player development staff. They're excited to welcome welcome a new group of applicants. Kim Davis, NHL Senior Executive Vice President of Social Impact, Growth, and Legislative Affairs, said the Bruins Diversity and Inclusion program is helping to usher a new wave of top talent into hockey's front office. The diversification of our workforce is leading to greater creativity, better decision-making, stronger team performance, and the NHL is proud of the Bruins Hockey Ops Department for their vision and leadership with this groundbreaking initiative. Um, Danielle Marmer, a great addition to the Bruins coaching staff and um, yeah she said she's hoping to bring a little more of a video aspect to what the Bruins are doing now get involved in scouting piece as well and she credited every person on the Bruins staff for welcoming her and uh, yeah excited to see what she can do for the Boston Bruins and the Bruins Many of them still on vacation in Italy at the moment. I saw this morning Tori Krug, Milan Lucic, David Krejci jumping into some beautiful water. You know, Charlie McAvoy's over there. And Brad Marchand was as well. Jim Montgomery, I should add, very impressed with um, Brad Marchand after they talked on the phone. Brad Marchand said, we are ready to be coached. 
whatever you demand will do. Montgomery said, you don't hear that in your first conversation all the time. And uh, Montgomery continues to laud the Bruins' leadership group, and he's excited to get going. As am I. I'm excited for hockey to begin ramping up. August, we'll have the World Juniors to talk about, which will be nice. Hopefully some additional moves, signings, extensions to break down. Uh, But again, thank you so much for all your support through the daily portion of the show, three days a week through August and into September, up into training camp. And uh, I do appreciate all the support. Thank you for listening to some different thoughts today. Uh, And I hope you all have a great weekend coming up. It's a long weekend up here in Canada, like I said. It's going to be nice. Hopefully get outside. Enjoy the nice weather. No firm plans at the moment, but uh, it's going to be a fun one nonetheless. Take care of yourselves, my friends. Take care of each other. Summer is fun. Lots going on, but it can also be a tough time for many. And uh, just know that I've got your back and uh, we're all in this together. So I'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.